Hey, welcome to the Smoker Builder Podcast. My name is Frank Cox. I'm known as the Barbecue Pit Engineer. And uh, today's episode, we're going to talk about trailers, mostly terminology. So stay tuned. Hey, welcome back. So if you're new to building smokers and building trailers and stuff like that, this episode's especially for you. Um, I know there's some seasoned guys out there that have been fabricating and building trailers for a long time. Um, You know, who knows? We all learn something every day. Um, But specifically, I wanted to do this episode because there's a lot of new guys coming into our smoker builder world. And I just want to help you get some terminology straight. You know, kind of what happens is as we uh, start building things and doing stuff with fabrication, there's a little bit of industry slang that we'll pick up. And uh, sometimes there's an actual term that you need in order to find the part or, you know, identify the part of the trailer we're talking about or whatever the smoker, whatever it is in this case. And it can kind of get confusing sometimes. So I felt like I wanted to just demystify some of these terms and things like that. Um, You know, also, the reason it came up is because I've been designing our line of trailers uh, for smoke for the uh, legend uh, smokers line of smokers that I build and you know I just was kind of going through and ordering some parts and I was like you know what <laughs> some of these things can be pretty confusing sometimes so anyway we'll get started on this so you know you're all familiar with like a, a car hauler or utility trailer you know like a car hauler is a trailer that's usually just about 16 foot you know and it's just wide enough for a car to come on or bigger um and you usually has tandem axles so that's that's a term right there um you know the difference between car hauler and utility trailer so usually a car hauler is going to be like just a single deck and it's going to have some ramps with it or something and then you'll see like uh the front end will have like a raised kind of a a rail in the front of it and it's going to be intended so that you can pull a car up on there the the distance between fenders are wide is wide enough that like your tires aren't going to have to run up over the fenders to get on top now utility trailer on the other hand sometimes will have sides on it and those sides can interfere with the vehicle if you're trying to pull it up on there now we're not messing with vehicles but that's just kind of a good place to start though so tandem axle tandem means two axles and usually these axles can be any there's all different types of axles and all different types of like hanger hanger brackets and and systems and stuff like that so but essentially tandem just means two axles and single axle simply means it's got one axle now when you get down into like hangers and suspension components and stuff like that that's where it starts to get a little bit weird and sketchy so on a tandem axle or a single axle it's basically the same axle itself it's just the way that it's hung on the trailer that makes it different so with a single axle usually the most common one that i'll use is a axle that has springs and that's going to be the suspension for that trailer the springs are like leaf springs you're probably familiar with that term it's usually a a series of like four three four or more uh you know iron springs that have like this binder that holds them together 
and the longest of those springs will usually have a hook like if it's a slipper spring or it'll have two eyes um, that's that's the difference in between the springs um, I prefer a double eye spring just because I just never really messed with slipper springs there's nothing wrong with them um, there is moving components there so the goal is is that whenever you bounce your trailer bounces that that spring can flex or move so it doesn't just snap you know that's the the ability to move up and expand that force outward uh, horizontally is is where the suspension performs and that's what keeps the trailer together and all that so now with uh, springs though you're gonna have some other stuff you're gonna have a u-bolt kit um, which is what actually bolts the spring to the axle tube because the axle is typically a piece of round pipe and then there's gonna be a spot on that called a spring pad um, so that's like the little mount that the spring will sit on it's usually like the the only flat bracket that's welded to the to the uh, axle tube now I've seen some situations where those are not welded in place um, but most commonly any axle you purchase this is going to be welded to the axle now that's going to be known as that measurement there is going to be known as spring centers on your axle so we'll get back to that here in a little bit when we start identifying how to order an axle but um, so the other kind of suspension method is called torsion which is actually like this composite rubber stuff it's really really heavy duty rubber and what happens is is that it's kind of inside of the the tube of the axle it's built into this whole axle spindle assembly to where the spindle is mounted to this bracket and it's almost like imagine a bungee cord but this is like really super heavy duty and what happens is instead of you having a spring it's going to have this rubber band i guess to call it that the axle is going to be bouncing on instead now with both of these styles of axles hope you're taking notes we're going to have this thing called drop typically i will order an axle with no drop for a for a cooker for a smoker but if you were doing some kind of a trailer that needed to have lower deck than uh you know than the springs will allow for this is how you would get around that and wind up with with lowering that deck down to the ground in this case like most of them are like a four inch uh drop typically but in our case with a smoker if we're working like cooking on standing on the ground cooking on the trailer uh smoker then we're not going to want it to be a drop axle because the bottom of your firebox could drag and typically the springs you know just regular springs with no drop um, gives you about eight inches of clearance depending on what smoker you're you're working with and it's easy to get about 36 inches to your your bottom cooking grate so those are all important things to know now whenever we talk about torsion axles though I do want to point out I typically do not use them it's, it's not like there's a law or a rule or anything about it that you can't use them on smokers but I typically just don't I guess it's just because of heat but honestly your trailer shouldn't be getting hot anyway but just in case you know we do have a firebox there and especially if you run it real close to that axle tube like I usually go the front of my firebox about three inches from the spring if I can help it on a bigger pit and um, 
you know, if it's uninsulated, we don't want to just superheat that spring because if it's a torsion, I mean that axle, because if it's a torsion axle, you could affect that, that rubber membrane on there. So I just prefer not to do that at all. Now, um, also usually I wanted to point out too, uh, torsion axles will ride lower to the ground typically, um, even with or without drop, just simply because you don't have that spring suspension component that's sticking up. So let's get back into like the hanger kits. So we've got a bracket, a set of brackets that come with a hanger kit. This is going to include some really fancy bolts that have like splines on them. And these bolts, the way that they're made, you'll actually like put your spring in the bracket. You'll insert the bolt through the bracket, through the spring, and then those splines will stop it from going in easily. Now, something I like to do is I'll use some kind of a, something to back that plate up and then I'll literally drive that like a device, for instance, and then I'll literally drive that bolt into that, uh, that bracket with a hammer. Now, some guys will just tighten it with, you know, an impact until it sucks itself in. But the problem is you got to prevent that from spinning because if in fact that spline spins as you're putting it into the bracket, then the splines won't be able to do their job and prevent that bolt from turning as the axle moves up, as the springs bounce and rotate in the eye of the spring. So that's really important to know. Now, when we get into tandem axles, well, let me back up. On the springed axles, the double eye single axles, you'll have two eyes and there'll be two brackets and then there's a little shackle uh, kind of a thing, which is two flat pieces of plate with two holes in it. And that's where you're gonna get your movement. When the spring is compressed, it's gonna expand horizontally and that's gonna give that axle room to move when it's being pushed, uh, when it's got weight on it, a load on it. And that's really important. That also has those splines on the bolt. Now, when we get into tandem axles, there's this, there's this other thing we got to take into consideration. Um, you, you'll have a new part in there in, the, in between both axles called an equalizer. And this is a, usually an iron plate with three bolt holes in it. And these, what happens is, is when the two springs, let's say you're at your trailer's tilted up, what'll happen is, is your weight will be shifted um, between those two axles equally as, that's why it's called an equalizer, as your trailer is being tilted up when it's, because the one spring will move at a different rate as the backs, as the other spring will. The front one will pull, will, won't be compressed as much, but the back spring will be compressed a lot. And so we have to give room for both of those springs to expand and contract horizontally. So that's what this equalizer does. Now I have in the past, installed axles with a split between them in other words they were spread out because it looked cool i do not recommend that um basically what happens is you wind up not having that equalization between your axles and what will happen is is that you wind up with seven thousand pound trailer in my case i had a trailer that was 6800 pounds and i had two 3500 pound axles on the trailer and the issue was, is that one axle would bear all the weight in some circumstances. And the other axle would just pick up and freewheel if you went over a sharp enough apron or whatever. And so that's not advisable. You really do need some form of equalization between those axles. 
Now, I've seen in some cases where people will make their own equalizer, and I don't really recommend that either because a lot of this stuff is engineered for a reason, you know, especially if it's going to be highway bound. So just kind of don't mess with that if you don't know what you're doing, right? So now getting back into the tandem axle hanger kits, so you're going to have this equalizer in the middle, and that equalizer will have your little clevises or your shackles attached to it, one for each axle. And then your double eye, your double eye spring will attach to those in the middle, in between the axles, and then it'll attach to the regular bracket front and back. So we've got tandem and single axles. We've got hanger components and things like that that we've talked about. Now we're going to talk a little bit about the axle itself. So when you look at uh, measuring an axle, let's say you had to go order an axle, and you're trying to decide you know what do you like how wide do you want your trailer um those kind of things so we're going to take into consideration you know how much real estate do we want on the trailer like for your grill your cooker whatever you're putting on there some storage room things like that and then tip there are some some standard stocked you know axle sizes uh what happens is you can usually fit within this like for instance you'll have like a 46 spring hanger 48 spring hanger spring centers um you know 56 74 72 76 you know they go all like this and uh then there's another number called a hub face so that's the surface that like the bolts come through that hold your wheel on so that hub face when you bolt the wheel on this is the part that the back side of the wheel actually tightens up against and touches. So when you pull this off, it's like this rotor on there or this hub, and there's a really machined flat surface there. So another measurement on an axle is hub face to hub face. So you can order those all different ways. It just depends on how far out they let the wheel stick for whatever application, right? Really is no like cut and dry method to this, but one of my favorite axles that I order for like a, a just a smoker on a trailer is a four foot wide trailer. So I'll typically have like this number that goes something like this, 62 slash 46 or 62 slash 48, right? Sometimes it'll say 62 SC and then 48 HF. Okay. So that's what it's telling us is the 62 inch hub face, which is outside to outside of the hub faces measurement lengthwise and then spring centers which is the centers of those pads so center to center <clears throat> now you could start the other way around and say i want to be somewhere around a four foot trailer and then go to your local axle place hardware store whatever you know trailer supply company go in there <clears throat> and then you can just literally measure or ask for whatever they got <clears throat> and then you just adapt your frame rails the same width that's the the two rails that run the length of the trailer anyway i, I kind of hope all that helps let's get into a little bit of if you got any questions by the way uh you can go over to smoker builder U, and i know this is i'm just saying all of this stuff and you're not able to see it if you're listening to this podcast but uh, hop in there and ask questions and we'd be sure certainly happy to share some pictures and videos and even some scribbled up diagrams and stuff also if you need help with this i'm not done by the way but 
Also, if you need help with this, like with a set of plans, we've also got plans for these on smokerplans.net. Figured I would let you. You can even just go there and look at the pictures and get some ideas on what I'm talking about. So we're going to get down into the, the frame of the trailer now. Oh, wait a minute. we got one more thing to talk about on, on wheels and stuff, um, on axles. <clears throat> You're also going to order an axle with a couple of more options. There's the spindle, which is the part that the bearings and everything spin on. Now, <clears throat> you can get what's called a speed lube or easy lube axle. And what this means is, is that there's a little pilot hole drilled bored into the end of that spindle and there's a little grease zerk in there and there's some little ports that when you squirt grease into this axle it'll actually come out from inside the spindle and hit your bearings that is super super easy to use um, usually you'll notice them because they got like a little rubber cover that sits over the the dust cover thing so talking about all of that you've got your spindle you got the bearings <clears throat> then once you get all this hub the bearings in the hub and the seals and all of that and you put it on the spindle there's this nut called a king nut or a castle nut <clears throat> it looks like a crown or like the top of a castle tower that's why they call it that and the reason it's got those teeth on it like that is because when you bolt it on you're not going to tighten this nut down it's not that kind of a of a nut you're going to screw it on in such a manner that you don't over tighten it so that the wheel will spin freely but not have wiggle waggle or you know wiggle side to side or play in that bearing so once you do that there's a little cotter pin that you're going to stick through a hole that's bored in that spindle and then you're going to bend the the ears on that on that uh, that cotter pin that way it doesn't the nut doesn't come off is what that does now, once you get all this assembled, which most of these axles come pre-assembled, so don't worry, but once you get that all put together, there's going to be this little cap that you can like drive on the uh, over that bearings and everything. It's called a dust cover, and this is the dust cover I was speaking about a minute ago. Sometimes they're solid metal. When you put them on, you can't get to anything. Sometimes they got a little rubber, uh, like a like a gasket or a cover that goes inside that dust cover that you can pull out of there real easy without taking this wheel contraption apart and without moving your tire off of there that's where you can grease the the axle easily so it's real important that you grease your axle periodically you know every six months or so and it's also even more important that you don't over grease it in other words if you fill that thing full of grease to the point where there's no more compaction left then the uh you could blow the seal out of the back of that uh that hub and then you're going to have grease coming out but you're also going to have water and road debris and junk like that coming in at the same time so then you got to pull everything apart and change the seals um anyway then you've got the bolt pattern on the wheel is really important so the bolt pattern can be uh several different things the most common is what's called five on four and a half and the way that you'll measure this is you'll have five bolt uh, bolt stems sticking out of their studs. And then what will happen is, is that you'll, you'll have, like, if you measure, in other words, you measure from, like, 11 o'clock and then go diagonal down to five. So you would skip one. And center to center on those two bolt heads 
on those two studs, it'll be four and a half inches. That's how you know you've got five on four and a half. There's six, there's uh, five on five, there's six, there's uh, four on four. There's all these different kinds. So anyway, uh, just pick one that you like. I wouldn't get too bent out of frame about it. Um, I usually go with five on four and a half because it's the most common and it's the easiest to get. Um, so, and you know, it's easy. So another thing to keep in mind here too, man, this axle stuff is pretty intense, isn't it? So another thing to keep in mind is, uh, uh braked axles. So with different kinds of axles in different situations, you might decide that you want to put some brakes on that trailer. And this is especially important when you get into heavier trailers, because what we don't want to rely on is if, let's say we're pulling a 12,000 pound trailer, okay? That basically means that the trailer itself and the load that's on it can legally weigh up to DOT standards up to 12,000 pounds. And that's your GVWR, GWVR, whatever the initials are, I can't remember. And <clears throat> anyway, that load on that trailer and the weight of the trailer is 12,000 pounds. We don't want to rely on the vehicle brakes to stop the vehicle and the trailer, right? Because we're just going to wear our brakes out on our truck, or we could have a failure, and then that trailer could pass us. I've seen so many situations with trailers turned over with trucks in the ditch just because of this situation right here. It's not always just improper axle or load placement on the trailer. A lot of times it's simply that we just took things for granted and didn't have brakes or our brakes were not working or we didn't have a plug that worked on the trailer and so we didn't send power back there, etc. <clears throat> so especially on heavy trailers, you want to have a breakaway system, which is basically a little battery that's mounted to the trailer that the truck charges it when you're pulling the trailer. And what will happen is there's a little cable. This is the cable that almost nobody hooks up because they don't have anywhere to hook it. And so what will happen is, is let's say that your hitch on your trailer, on your truck broke or something on the trailer broke and the, the trailer came unhooked. Then as the trailer is, is going away from the truck, the distance increases, this cable will pull out of this switch. And as soon as this cable pulls out, the switch is connected and that energizes the brakes in full so that the trailer will come to a stop as fast as possible. And you won't see this trailer unhooked going down the road passing you. <laughs> so that's, that's another reason to have brakes. Now on little smokers, you don't really need them. Um, a secondary reason for this, for the brakes on the trailer is, and I've had to use this so many times, is let's say that, I mean, you really just kind of don't really know sometimes until you get to pull on a trailer if your load is 100% right, how it pulls. And let's say that somebody else is pulling your trailer and they don't know how to load the wood on the trailer and they put it all in the firebox and all the way at the back of the trailer and they put a few hundred gallons of water back there for some ungodly reason and they you start to pull the trailer. Well, now you got too much tail weight on the trailer and that trailer will start to wag. And I've, I've literally had trailers pulling my rear end of my truck side to side before because of a situation like this. That's what those brakes come in handy for. There's a button inside your truck that you can push that will actually engage those brakes by themselves. And this can get that trailer to straighten out and get you safely off the side of the road. 
and redistribute your load properly. Also, your truck should have a brake controller when you're doing this. That way, whenever you're whenever you're uh, setting things up, that your trailer you can actually like in, increase and decrease the amount of voltage going to your trailer or the intensity of the trailer. Whenever you're whenever you're pushing the brake pedal, it'll ease into it. It won't slam them all the way on, and uh, you won't use like a hundred percent braking power if you're just like slowing down you'll use like much less and your brakes will last a lot longer and the tires on your trailer will last longer and you'll have a much more pleasant ride so a couple more things i want to hit real quick before this is over gosh man we're all 20 something minutes into it here um a few more things to identify is the coupler on the trailer like the front end we've got the tongue of the trailer and the coupler the coupler is what actually hooks to your truck now these come in all different sizes. Smaller trailers, I don't recommend going lower, smaller than a two inch. I always do a two inch or a two and five sixteenths because everybody's got that. And that way, if you want to sell your smoker, you didn't put like an inch and seven eighths on there that nobody has except me. So if you do a uh, two inch ball on a smaller trailer, when I get up into 6,000 pounds or 7,000 pound trailers or heavier, that's about the time I'm going to start deciding if I want to switch to a two and five sixteenths, which is the standard big one. Um, now you can use all kinds of different couplers. There's a frame, there's tubing couplers, there's the bulldog ones. Everybody talks about there's all different ones. Pretty much you're going to have to pick out the, your favorite kind. The bulldog ones is the ones that's got the like collar that slips forward. Those are super nice couplers, but they do have their drawbacks. Um, the A-frame couplers typically have a little grabber on top that you like fold down. Sometimes people abuse those and hit them with hammers, you know, to get them to close. And that just usually means the trailer's not lined up. It's not a bad coupler, you know. Um, anyway, then you get into trailer jacks. There's different weight capacities on the tongue jack. Um, make sure you get the right one for how heavy your trailer is. Um, anyway, that's pretty simple to figure out. You can get big, nice ones that have like, uh, like for big heavy trailers, it's got like a pedestal that, uh, you can expand it, you know, pull a pin, push it down, and then it'll detent itself in, and then you can let it down. It saves you a lot of cranking. You can get electric ones. Anyway, there's no real wrong answers. Just make sure you get one that's the right size for your trailer. And they've got and the product information they'll tell you what weight capacities and stuff now for lighting and all of that there's all kinds of dot regulations on length and width and what it's being used for and all of these things and i don't want to cover any of that research that for your state or ask your highway patrol whatever but for the most part you're going to have to have stop turn and break or stop turn and tail lights that's what it is sorry you're going to have to have those bare minimum things and at least one marker light on the side. Um, one real handy thing is, is these uh, kits that come in a box that's already got the harness in it and everything. I do recommend LED lights because they seem to last longer. Um, and uh, there's really no bad answer there. I really like the oval kind just because, you know, I can put those in like a metal box and there's even pre-made boxes for you and stuff like that. Anyway, I hope this helps, guys. If, if you need any more information about this, feel free to join us over at smokerbuilderu.com. 
Um, that's the only platform that I really try very hard to keep up with on posts and messaging and stuff like that. Um, everywhere else on the internet, you can reach out. It's, it's a little bit slow though, because I have a lot of messages coming in. Um, but join us over on smokerbuilderu.com. It's the fastest way to get help. And it's also one kick-ass community, man. And you're going to love it in there. We have a lot of fun and, uh, there's also a lot of food picks and stuff too, not just building cookers. So, um, anyway, till next time, keep your smoke thin and blue. This is Frank Cox, the barbecue pit engineer signing off. Take it easy.